You're listening to a podcast from Blogging Heads TV. Hi, welcome to Blogging Heads TV. This is Culturally Determined, and I'm your host, Arya Cohen-Wade. And my guest today is Osita Wanevu. Osita, could you introduce yourself? Yeah, hi, I'm Osita Wanevu, and I'm a staff writer for Slate covering politics. Usually, but I guess not today. A little kind of. Well, it's a, the, the subject today is a mix of yeah. <laughs> politics and pop culture. I mean, politics is, pop culture became politics in a way right. uh, in the past couple of years. Uh, the subject is uh, Kanye West and his recent tweets. Um, you wrote a piece called Why Kanye's Right Word Turn Matters. Mm-hmm. Um, I was talking to a friend and she said that after Trump retweeted Kanye, it seemed like reality had become like a farcical, like French satirical comedy or something, uh, where yeah. nothing makes sense anymore. Um, yeah. What? Why do you think we should pay attention to this story? Well, you know, I mean, there are multiple events seemingly every week that feel that way, right? Like if, when, when you asked me to come on, you said, you know, we should better hurry up before something else bizarre happens and take everyone's <laughs> right. attention off of it. So you know. Uh, it's not surprising that something like this would happen, but it's still kind of remarkable. I mean, the take that I had in the piece was not so much about Kanye West. I mean, your mileage may vary on the extent to which you think celebrities matter in general uh, or the extent to which you think Kanye matters in particular. But what I said in the piece was that I think it's remarkable that this sort of growing blob on the cultural right um, has gotten big enough that somebody like Kanye West, who is not too in tune with politics, or not really very into political commentary usually, uh, would notice uh, somebody like Candace Owens of Turning Point USA. Like, that seems like a big deal. And after the Candace Owens thing, I mean, he, he began tweeting videos from Scott Adams, who apparently praised him after he praised Candace. Uh, there was a video today that he shot, and people saw that one of the tabs open on his computers was a, uh, a video of Jordan Peterson. Uh, so, you know, I, I think that this matters. <laughs> I'm just imagining because, Kanye, like, being told to, like, straight up his room. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and I mean, take, take know, control of his he's, life. He, he's bound to have an order of 12 rules for life on, on the way. But, you know, like, I, I, it's one thing for Kanye to, like, meet with Donald Trump and, like, say things about... Uh, George Bush, right? And to, to understand and know about politics on that kind of macro level. It's quite another thing for him to know, like, who Candace Owens is mm-hmm. and to figure out who Jordan Peterson is and start watching his videos or to know who Scott Adams is. Um, and so I think what we're seeing in real time now with Kanye is what's happening for a lot of not famous people in this country. Like, you, you are turned on to a particular new voice on the right, and then you find yourself going further and further down the rabbit hole of this sort of culture war infrastructure that's cropped up over the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was what the piece was about. It was, it was saying that this weird event is a marker potentially of how big uh, all of these new voices have gotten. Um, I think, you know, I, I think that there's is a subculture that's growing and it's going to stay with us for a long time. Even if it doesn't look like the alt-right or the cultural right is going to gain actual political power, um, it's still going to exist as a cultural force that influences a lot of people, Mm -hmm. uh, most of whom are not going to be Kanye West. 
Um, so there's a lot of threads here. So there's the, like, should we pay attention to what celebrities do? You know, is, yeah. is with the heavy heart that I, I regret to say that the celebrities are at it again. You know, there's, there's that attitude. Yeah. Yeah. And, but then there's also, well, our president is Donald Trump, who right. was a, a businessman, but really was a celebrity. And that's how he, um, gained, uh, higher office was, was through the power of his celebrity. So it seems like we should pay attention to these people. Yeah. Um, and then there's Kanye as his own figure. Um, he is a, a unique cultural figure. Um, he has had some kind of notable run in with each of the last three presidents, which is mm-hmm. kind of noteworthy. Like, yeah. uh, like what other person had some like thing that everyone knows about interaction with George Bush, um, Barack Obama and Donald Trump. So it's yeah. the, um, George Bush doesn't care about black people on the Katrina yeah. telethon and Obama calling him a jackass after he stormed the stage while T- Taylor Swift was accepting an award and his current flirtation with Trump. So yeah, so that, that's just weird. I don't quite know what to make of it. Um, mm. and then there's like Kanye, Kanye Trump parallels, which a lot of people point this out, but like they're both narcissists. Mm. Um, they are both kind of impulsive and child, childlike, and they are married to beautiful women, and mm-hmm. they, you know, think they're the center of the center of the world, uh, basically, yeah. and are the greatest thing ever. Um, and then there's what. So what you wrote this piece, kind of an, after the the initial wave of tweets, before the ones that uh, that Trump retweeted when he was just yeah. talking about this yeah. woman, Candace Owens. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think it is interesting. I it, you have to wonder how he found out about her to begin with, and I guess that's a victory for you know this slice of the of the right. That's it's it's I, 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 the splitting the alt right into like the alt right and the alt light, as some mm-hmm. people have done, makes sense to me. So this is more yeah. like the alt light, not the exclusively yeah. racist white nationalist part of the yeah. alt right, but more like. Yo- like young, very conservative people who are challenging the the conservative status quo, yeah. um, and I mean Charlie Kirk, who's the guy who runs uh, Turning Points USA, this this group that uh, that ostensibly is to like combat liberalism on college campuses and mm-hmm. support college conservatives. Uh, you know, he was I th- a lot of people who I follow on Twitter at least uh, like consider him to be a, a joke. They did this, this, they have like, you know, um, chapters on college campuses and they did this stunt where, uh, uh, Kent State where uh, a right. student was dressed in a diaper mm-hmm. and this became a laughing stock. And Charlie Kirk is someone who I think most people on the left see as a joke, mm-hmm. but his. Rightfully, I think. Yeah, but somehow his compatriot, yeah. Candace Owens, uh, got, uh, yeah. her, her content in, in front of, you know, one of the biggest well, superstars in the world. Apparently what happened uh, was there was an event at UCLA, I think last week, maybe it was Friday, uh, where Black Lives Matter staged a protest. Um, and I think there were articles about that uh, right before Kanye started tweeting about her. Mm-hmm. I think that's the, the theory people have been saying, you know, which I think speaks to the extent to which these campus controversies uh, get a lot of press. Um, so I think that might have been why, but yeah, like it, it, so, there's so, no. So, so Black Lives Matter protested an event yeah, that she was I having. Believe, 
on campus. Yeah, I think I think they interrupted her um, at a Turning Point USA event at UCLA, and there was a bubble of news, and Kanye West apparently picked up on it. Mm-hmm. Again, like, there's no reason why Kanye West should be following, like, <laughs> campus conservative controversies and involving Turning Point USA, which, you know, speaks to, speaks to, I think, how successful they've been at, like, commanding the media's attention. Um, I don't know. Like, it's, as far as the parallels between Trump and Kanye are concerned, I mean, Van Newkirk wrote something, I think, very smart in the Atlantic about this. Mm-hmm. I think they're, they're essentially, like, the same kind of person, right? Like, they both have this image of themselves where they're self-made people. Uh, they're both geniuses in their own minds. Um, and, and they care very much about the image that's presented of them in the world. Kanye, it's very important to Kanye, as we see now in his most recent treats, to be seen as somebody who speaks his mind and speaks freely and is a free thinker and a creative person. Uh, Trump is the same way. He doesn't want to really uh, show any vulnerabilities intellectually. Like, every idea that he has is a great idea. Uh, every Everything that happens that's good is somehow the result of him saying something right, right. it didn't actually happen <laughs> policy-wise, you know? So one recent, same people one recent example of that was Trump saying that he came up with the idea to call the tax bill tax cut. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like, like he invented the cut. idea. Wow, tax, tax cut, what a great idea. Right. But, the, you know, this this speaks to, I think, a fundamental, like, you know, I, I don't really believe in personality types, but if they do exist, Kanye West and Donald Trump are the same personality type. Um, he said, "We are both dragon energy." He is my. We brother. are both exactly, exactly. There, there, there you go. So you know, um, so I think that's that's one angle to look at it. But I, I'm, I'm fundamentally more interested in trying to gauge the extent to which um, the alt right, I guess we could call it, is growing. Because there have been a lot of articles published recently about how the alt right, like the proper white nationalist section of people, has sort of started dying off since Charlottesville. People were scared away. People started losing their jobs because they were photographed with this thing. Uh, and there was a lot of infighting amongst different groups uh, after the event about how things were managed. And there seems to be something imploding within the white nationalist community. And that seems uh, to be crashing. But I think it's very important that people don't look at that and say that like this broader movement we've seen on the right, like the Miley Yiannopoulos' and uh, the Jordan Peterson's, Gamergate, uh, the men's rights movement, all of this. Like, it's important to separate in terms of their potential longevity, the far right, the white nationalist groups, and the broader sort of anti-multiculturalism, anti-political correctness right, um, which has its hooks into, I think, the culture in a big way now. Um and I think overlaps more easily with established conservative institutions that might be willing to prop them up uh, than the alt-right does. Uh, That's what Turning Point USA is. I mean, this is a mainstream group um, that, you know, stages events aimed at calling attention to supposed liberal indoctrination on campuses. It's taken in millions and millions of dollars. It's trying to swing campus elections to elect conservative candidates, but it's gotten, you know, it's, it's a group that has a lot of the same uh, grievances about multiculturalism as, as groups further to the right of it. Um, and Candace Owens is somebody who has said, you know, racism is not really a life force in American uh, politics and policy. 
Um, it's something that black people need to get over. You know, there's this cultural dependency. Like the, the, that ble- starts bleeding into points further right, I think, pretty easily. Um, and yet it's still a mainstream enough discourse that it's attached to uh, establishment Republican, establishment conservative infrastructure. Um, so even if the further right white nationalists start, you know, imploding, that, that doesn't necessarily mean that people like Candace, groups like Turning Points, people like Jordan Peterson, uh, etc., that doesn't mean that they too are going to, you know, start their fall as well, if anything. Uh, again, Kanye getting to a point where he sees some of this stuff, it illustrates, like, it, it, it's a group and movements and a blob that still has a lot of legs. Yeah, I think that that makes a lot of sense to me. I mean, there was kind of a fear when me when people started paying attention to the alt right that like uh, you know, young white guys who got angry about something that happened with video mm-hmm. games and political correctness would like have like a hop skip and a jump into white nationalism. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know if that's quite happening or maybe yeah. that couldn't really happen because I mean, you, you really need to be far out on the extreme to actually be a white nationalist. Yeah. Um, but you can see the, you know, your, you think political correctness is stupid as a college student. And then you start reading Charlie Kirk. If he writes things, I don't know, you read his tweets and then you move like a couple steps further. Um, yeah. Where do you see, where do you see Peterson in this? I, I, I confess to, trying to, I tried to ignore him like for months and months and months and be That's like, I don't want instinct, yeah. I don't want to learn who this guy is, please God. Yeah. And then I seeing more and more. And then finally it was like, I guess I have to pay attention to this guy a little bit. I read, I read the, the takedown that um, was published in current affairs, current affairs yeah. um, that was brilliantly done. We'll link to it, um, which kind of just said he was more or less a intellectual, like flim flam salesman and didn't really have anything behind him. Um, that's kind of how I've been thinking of him, and you're kind of grouping him in more with the like ostensibly like people with the political, um, like a political project. Whereas in the fact that he released a self help book that seems to be just bromides, yeah. it's kind of like well he's just saying pick yourself up by your bootstraps, and that's yeah. an internal message in American life. Yeah, you know, so Peterson. Um, well, first I want to go back to something you said. I think it's it's true that most people, even people who sort of veer into reactionary politics don't become Nazis. Like, they don't necessarily become white supremacists. Uh, at the same time, you know, I think that there's a way in which if you have certain beliefs at the outset, you go into the, you know, the internet, you read people who have the similar views, you start going into forums, you are pulled right. And, and some people do go all the way, you know, um, to the alt-right side. But I think the larger pool of people is people who are pulled into even more reactionary politics, um, probably speaking. And I think that's part of what Peterson, like that, that's sort of, I think, the, that's, that's where his, his supporters are coming from, right? Like the people who've dipped into uh, further right cultural politics, for whatever reason, online, they, they find Jordan Peterson, they hear about him, start watching his videos, uh, they buy his book, and, and he's part of that pulling of people who are already sort of 
uh, anti-political correctness even even further. I mean, he, he definitely wouldn't say himself that he's part of a political project, but I mean, he spends most of his time talking about things like you know how trans pronouns are nonsensical. Uh, there's this that interview he did with Vice. Like, that's what brought him to prominence. There was this video interview he did with Vice where he was talking about the Me Too movement. Um, and he argued that it, it's not clear whether men and women can work in the workplace at all because there are inherent tensions uh, that are going to arise between the genders that are inherently exacerbated by things like wearing makeup. You know, so like he's 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 a figure in the cultural wars on the right. Um, I think it's a mistake though to to see him and the people who flock to him as like a totally new phenomenon. Like I, there have always been young men who are more reactionary than their peers, right? Um, there have always been young men who don't uh, want to go down the road cultural liberalism is sort of pulling people down. Um, the difference is that those people didn't always have the internet, right? And people right. like Jordan Peterson who try, want, who would want to speak to those people didn't always have the channels that the internet provides to reach people. Um, you know, like if in 1960, I'm sure there were even more young men, you know, willing to follow a figure like this. Um, but, you know, he wouldn't have been on, like, the three channels available or, like, in the mm-hmm. major newspapers. Uh, those young men wouldn't necessarily have a community that they could go to and bounce ideas off of and, and you know, commensurate with and, and be angry with. Um, what's changed, really, is, is, I think, the opportunity the Internet provides people um, like Peterson. I mean, who's just, I think, frankly, after he came to prominence about, with the trans pronouns, stuff he was saying on Canadian television. Um, you know, people just started watching his lectures on YouTube. Um, and they're all there. And, and you know, that's, that's what's different. Um, I don't really think that this is sort of a, a new force emerging, so much as I think that already existing currents in American politics and American life are being congealed uh, by technology in a way that they wouldn't have been before. And that's going to make... I think uh, uh, this new cultural right pretty durable as a culture mm-hmm. uh, or as a subculture in, in American politics. Um, do you think there's people out there who like see Kanye em- embracing Trump and are like, huh, maybe I should give this Trump guy a second look? No, no, <laughs> no, those, those, those people don't exist. Okay. Um, and, I, and I generally think, you know, I, I'm pretty, solidly pro-identity politics and the, the campus left, which is something that has uh, brought me into a lot of heated arguments with people. I do think, though, that the conversations that are being had now about exposure to different ideas or endorsements of different controversial figures, I don't think that stuff really converts people. Like, I don't think there's a constituency of people who go into a lecture by Charles Murray and come out like thinking exactly what he does if they didn't before. Likewise, I don't think that uh, people who see Kanye West endorsing Donald Trump are going to be like, oh, you know, Trump's my guy. If they weren't already ambivalent about Trump or Trump curious, you know. So I don't think that he's, he's really pushing people um, to the right. I, I think that 
the fans of his who I've read on like Reddit and places are just kind of disappointed. Um, and but there are also stands who just say, you know, Kanye's always been a free thinker. He's always pushed the envelope. Uh, he's just doing his thing. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm now a Republican, but you know, people should just lay off him and, and realize that this is what he does. But yeah, I don't, I don't think that there's going to be a bump in Trump's poll numbers among <laughs> Kanye West's key constituency as a result of this. No. Um, so you mentioned that you thought that he, that Kanye, um, learned about Candace Owens because there was a, a protest of a talk she was giving at UCLA. Do you think that the campus left should shift its mm-hmm. tactics in terms of protesting speakers like Charles Murray or Jordan mm-hmm. Peterson, if he's doing like a book tour or whatever? It, it, Cause it seems to me that this is like a self-defeating strategy. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think the tactical conversation and sort of like the moral conversation are two different things. Um, I've never really, I've been, I've been pretty ambivalent about how tactically wise it is to shut speakers down or protest uh, during these events. Um, I think that, you know, it, it's, there's an argument to be made that this brings attention to people who would not otherwise have it. Um, I, I definitely defend the right of people to engage in that kind of protest if they want to or they feel like it's important. Tactically, I'm not really sure it makes sense. Um, but, you know, I... I don't know. I, I don't. I don't really think. I mean, I was when I was I was in college not too long ago, right? Like I was not an activist. I was not the kind of person who would yell and and picket and hold signs, whatever. Um, so I guess dispositionally, I'm, I'm not really inclined to to say that. Yeah, this is affirmatively a good strategy. Um, but you know, I think the campus left is going to do what it's going to do, and people are going to freak out about it much more than they should. I agree with that. Uh, and evade certain important questions about pedagogy and, and speech. Um, yeah, I, I, I think that um, it hasn't necessarily hurt the cause of the campus left. I mean, Pew just came out with a, a series of polls uh, or poll results about American belief in certain different you know, values and uh, the extent to which certain attitudes hold within the electorate. It's this big survey that they do, I guess, every year. And the number of uh, Democrats who believe that it's important to keep in mind how offensive you're being when you say something or to take into account the, uh, your, the poten- potential that you might offend somebody with your speech has grown. Nothing else has changed, really, in the electorate in belief uh about whether you should sort of self-censor or think about how what you're saying is affected people, except Democrats are more likely to say, yeah, you should be more careful in what you are saying. Um, so there's not really evidence, as far as I can see, that what the campus left is doing has actually counter, has been counterproductive in the way that I think people casually say it's been counterproductive. If anything, it seems like what they've been doing has shifted Democrats and people who are already liberal into being a little bit more politically correct than they would otherwise. So I don't know. It's the tactical conversation is is complicated and, and interesting. I don't think the broader speech conversation uh, we've been having has been very smart on on certain points. But you know, I, I think the tactics of this are debatable. But 
you can sort of argue either way on that front. Yeah, I, I just think that there's a certain brand of conservative, you know, public figure who... Who thrives on the attention. Yeah, it's yeah. the Ann Coulter yeah. thing. Why does anyone pay attention yeah. to her? Because she says something outrageous and then everyone gets yeah. freaked out. Why Why are we talking about Charles Murray? He hasn't written a book in like five years. Yeah, yeah. No one cares about him. It's because the, the students hands. at Columbia or whatever, you know, wrote him out on a rail. So yeah, Charles yeah. Murray wins that confrontation. Yeah, on the other hand, you know, Miley Yiannopoulos uh, was protested uh, at Berkeley. Uh, was in the press for a long time, and, and people said, you know, this is something that's only going to elevate his profile. Um, it hasn't really happened so much, you know. Well, and he, it's, it's, not, it's not purely because of the he Berkeley kind of protest. But I think, but I think, I think what the Berkeley protests did, right, is they they lavished a bit of attention, a bit more attention than I would have already would have otherwise had. Um, and that I think made it more likely that people would discover these comments that he'd made about uh, pedophilia or about mm-hmm. uh, child sex abuse. You know, the, the the Berkeley thing elevated his profile in a way that I think ultimately led to his, his downfall, if that makes sense. So, you know, it, it's it's a complicated conversation, but I, I definitely don't think it's always true that protesting elevates the profile of certain people. I think it, it's a complex thing. Uh, it depends on the person, it depends on the context, depends on where protests are happening, where they're trying to speak and what the channels they have. It's it's all it's all complicated, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I, but I, I wish that we'd have more of a conversation about, if we're going to talk about these protests, I think I wish we'd have a better hashing out of tactics rather than just sort of broad admonition based on ideas about speech that I don't think are very well fleshed out amongst people who sort of knee-jerk or reflexively criticize protests when they happen. I, I wish we could have a sort of debate about whether what happened at Berkeley was good or bad tactically for the left, because I think it's a more complicated conversation than people are, uh, than people have been inclined to have over the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um as long as we're talking about campus protests and controversial conservatives coming to campus, I want to plug a piece that I wrote about something that happened during my um, college years at Yale, um, where uh, Daniel Pipes, who's a neoconservative, uh, very anti-Muslim uh, extremist, I guess would be the mm-hmm. um, neutral way to say it, uh, scholar came to campus and uh there was a protest. Uh, this is kind of before the no platform days. The protest was um, people in the audience uh, stood up and put um, cloth across their um, their mouths mm-hmm. to, to symbolize that they had been silenced. Yeah. And uh, they held up signs, but they didn't interrupt his speech. Uh, something else happened that made this mm-hmm. event stand out of my memory, and that's why I wrote about it. It involves uh, students who grew into, who were then and grew into being Jamie Kerchick and Eliana Johnson, who are both yeah. prominent journalists. Yeah. Um, uh, we'll link to that below. Um, before we wrap up, is there anything else you want to say about Kanye? Well, I'm not a Kanye scholar by any stretch of the imagination, <laughs> so I feel like there are a lot of people who would, would have more to say. Um, I don't know. The, the other theory that I think has not been probably probably has not been getting as much serious consideration as uh, it maybe should is that this is just promotion for his new album. <laughs> and this is right. He announced that he would be 
Right, exactly. Releasing an album and like producing an album with another. Several artist. albums. He's he's having you know he's, he said he's going to put something out with Pusha T. Uh, he has a lot of different projects in the works now, and it just happens that this controversy is is blowing up now, about a month or so before some of that stuff gets <laughs> released. So you know maybe he's cannier than people uh, are thinking, and this is just a big publicity stunt. I don't know. People who know Kanye better than I do would probably have more to say about that. Yeah, that's interesting. Candy Kanye. Um, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy is a great album. I don't know a lot about yes, hip-hop, absolutely. but I, I love that album. So he's he's not like he's not like a, a moron like Trump is. Like he has yeah. talent and he has skill and he, he is like a great artist. Yeah, he is a moron. I don't know. Like it's, <laughs> uh, You can be a moron about certain things and a genius uh that's true. Trump, creativity is Trump concerned. is a yeah. moron about most things, but is a genius about marketing and branding. Yes, exactly, exactly, exactly. So you know, uh, he he continues multitudes, Kanye. Um, <laughs> I do know that whatever happens, I'll be listening to the album with great interest. Um, I'll check it out at a streaming. I don't know. <laughs> no, I <don't> <laughs> want to uh, right. support him financially directly at this point. Um, so uh, Osita, thanks so much for coming on Blogging Heads. Um, if people are interested in your work, where can they find more about it? Sure. So I read it slate. Um, I think we just put up a new search bar and our new beautiful redesign. So you can just search my name. Uh, my work will probably come up on an author page. You can follow me on Twitter. It's just my first name and last name, no space between the two. And uh, I'm too active there. So <laughs> you'll, you'll be hearing a lot from me on social media. Uh, cool. Thanks to all of our uh, listeners and viewers. Um, you know, you could subscribe to this show on iTunes or you can subscribe on YouTube. There's lots of different ways you can uh, consume this content. Um, uh, so uh, we'll see you again next time. Thanks for having me. Before you go, a quick message from the suits at Blogging Heads TV. Blogging Heads will always be free for you to watch and listen to, and we don't even go the NPR route of guilting you into donating during Pledge Week. But we do have a small request. If you enjoy Blogging Heads programming, rate and review us on iTunes. The iTunes algorithm weighs positive reviews heavily, so taking a few minutes to rate and review us will help more people find out about our shows. Also, of course, we encourage you to subscribe to our Twitter and Facebook feeds. Thank you. <laughs>